Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Scott Eklund. It has been a while, so we just decided to jump on in and have a cup of coffee and have a little chat, give you guys a little bit of an update with what's going on. Scott, football's just around the corner, man. I mean, it is, uh, what, a, a week from tomorrow, a week from Thursday. Thursday, actually, yeah. Yeah, I actually leave for Las Vegas for the uh, Pac-12 Media Day and a lot of expectations of a media rights deal being announced then. We will see what will happen. Not sure what Washington players are going to be down there. I would imagine it would probably Michael Penix for sure. Everybody wants to talk to him as well as uh, on defensive I've, side I've, of the ball. Eddie? Either Eddie or Asa Turner. Those would yeah. probably be the guys. Probably Eddie. Yeah. He's, a little bit, he's a little bit better, more articulate. Yeah, yeah. It isn't that Asa's dumb. He just he gets kind of nervous in front of the camera or the microphone and and uh, speeds up his talk. So uh, I think Eddie probably handles it a little bit better. Yeah, Eddie's a little bit more gregarious. I remember last year when we were down in when they had it down at Los Angeles and Caleb Williams showed up and he had an entourage. It was mm-hmm. kind of weird. It was kind of weird. That, um, God, I got to be careful how I say this. He probably had about 10 people around him, and about three of them were the sorority girls trying to act cool. So it was kind of funny. But, Good for uh, him. Yeah, we'll see if the uh, Caleb Caleb Williams uh, entourage shows up down there. But I'm expecting that's going to come up on us before we know it, Scott. And it looks like, I know. It looks like we've got practice beginning August 2nd. Yeah, that's – well, that's – Everything that I've heard from the people I talk to is that the second uh, is expected to be the first day of fall camp. One person said August 1st they heard something was going on, but I think that's just like team meetings and stuff like that. I don't think it's actual practice. So It's only a couple this, weeks away, Scott. Oh, I know. Oh, trust me, Kim. And I've got a busy couple weeks right before that starts. So it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So, hey, you know, one of the first things people just kind of jones in a little bit, you know, recruiting was going real slow. Scott, you've been telling people for months what was going to happen and what you told them was going to happen happened. Yeah. I I mean, it's we, we just said, hey, this is going to be a late developing class. I, I mean, they, what do they have right now? I think they have 13 commits. Is it that that's what oh, 12 commits? They have 12 commits right now. Um you know, we've we've been talking about the fact that Washington wasn't going to push for guys really early because they, they want to get in on some of these higher end guys and and kind of see where things go with them. And before before long, they were they were waiting on that and seeing where things kind of go. And, you know, they, they pushed for that last week of Jan, uh, June, last couple weekends of June, um, they, they ended up getting. Uh, 11 of the 12 guys they have committed. Pocky Finau is the only one who was already committed when when the official visit weekend started, and Washington did really well. Um, I think they're doing really well with a couple guys that didn't end up taking visits and uh, maybe have announced for another school, but Washington is still recruiting them. 
There's also some guys who took visits that uh, chose other schools that Washington is still recruiting and I think has a chance to flip down the road. So, you know, it's it's going to be one of those classes that I don't think people are really going to be able to appreciate it, especially the hardcore people, the people who who uh, just they want stars all the time. They, they You know, that's all they care about and things yeah. like that. And, you know, Kim, I don't want to ramble on too much but you know people get all caught up in the stars and and then there's the other side that it's just coaching it's both you have to get talented guys you have to have coaching but part of the thing that people need to realize is you don't just need four and five star guys you could go out and and pay if you really wanted them you could go out and pay for four and five star guys have your class completely loaded with them but the reality is that you need the right four and five star guys I'm not saying that Washington wouldn't take some of the five-star guys that are committing to some of these other schools. They definitely would. Yeah. But if you get highly rated three-star guys who are right up there and, you know, right on that cusp of being a four-star guy and, and things like that, and you believe in your coaching, you can take them to four-star and five-star talent. And that's, I think, where Washington is going to make their bread and butter. Well, Scott, butter their bread. Scott, we're seeing this, what kids are doing right now. And it's not so much the kids. It's the people in their corner that are telling the kids to commit, and they're using that for leverage. Okay, if you want me, this is what I got. And mm-hmm. it's it's free agency out there right now. Some guys are willing to play that game, others are not. Washington seems to be recruiting and this drives I know this drives some schools nuts, but they were just recruiting a different type of guy. This they're still recruiting a lot in that Chris Peterson mold. Where um some other schools, you know, they have a third of their recruiting class flip at some mm-hmm. point in time. Washington what they yeah. have one last year and that was the quarterback at the last minute. Yep, yep. Pretty Washington, much Washington's going to have a low flip rate. And then in addition, Scott, and we can't stress this enough, these guys have another year of football left. We see guys that aren't rated and just come out of the woodwork that people don't know about who were injured last year, didn't play a lot, and they just shoot up the rankings. And we've also seen guys, they've got their offer, they've got what they want. They have a terrible senior year, and they just drop like a rock. We still have another year of football left for these guys, Scott. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what Dominic Kirks and Noah Carter, the two edge guys committed in the class, what they're going to look like when they when it's all said and done. I mean, those guys um, have a ton of talent. And I think Washington is is pretty excited to have both of those guys in there. Dominic Kirks is a defensive lineman in the in the system, but he's he's going to play edge at the University of Washington. And Noah Carter, you know, he's a bigger version of Lance Holtzclaw. He's 6'3", 225. Now, Lance Holtzclaw wasn't that until probably midway through his uh, freshman year at the University of Washington. So, um, but he's got the same kind of game, you know, just speed off of that edge, has that natural pass rushing ability. And I, I think the Huskies are really excited about those kind of guys. And, you know, Kamori House could have gone almost anywhere in the country. He had offers from Georgia, Tennessee, Texas, all those schools chose Washington. Washington did a really good job. Demar- Demarcus Davis, the quarterback out of Etiwanda, that was a guy who really saw his stock shoot up during the spring and Washington gets him in. Um, you know, he took two or uh, three visits, I think, and, and Washington was the place for him. So, you know, there, there's just a lot of talent on this in this class that I don't think has completely been realized yet because maybe they didn't get out on the recruiting circuit or maybe they didn't play a lot as juniors or whatever it was. And so I think you're going to see more of these guys start to climb up in the rankings a little bit as they get into their senior year, like you mentioned, Kim. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Had the mute button on. Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, it's got another thing that you've been talking about for quite some time that just seems to be happening right in front of our eyes. You said this team wanted to get longer. And when you take a look at some of the guys they got right now, they've got some long athletes that are going to easily put on weight. Easily yeah, well, put it. Who is the guy from the lineman? I'm trying to remember his name. The lineman from Colorado that's incoming. Um. Oh, uh, Zachary Henning. He was here. He no, was no, here the other. Place. No, the other one. Out of the Colorado? other offensive line. Who's the big lineman? Oh, well, there was only one out of Colorado. That was Zachary Henning. You're talking about Sawane Fasolo? No, the other eight? one. Oh, okay. Jeez, Kim, you're, you're I know, killing I know. me here. Uh, Sawane Fasolo, and then, jeez, you know, that last year was so long ago, Kim. Thanks for doing this to me. I appreciate <laughs> that. So uh, let me look here real quick. They're right here. Um. God, I'm totally uh, – Zach Henning's already in. Let's see. Elijah Elijah Jockett, Jaquette. Yeah. When I saw him, that just cemented in my mind what you said. That guy looks like a power forward who's going to put on 30 pounds and be a monster. Well, if you think about it, so you got Landon Hatchett, who I don't want to say he's short. He's 6'3", but compared to the other guys, Zach Henning is 6'5", or I'm sorry, 6'6". Uh, then you got Elijah Jaquette, 6'6". Six, six. You've got uh, Suwane Fa'asolo, who is 6'8". And you got Kalei Tafai, who is 6'6". Uh, six, six. So, uh, yes, Washington's wanting to get longer. Then you look at um, Dominic Kirk, 6'5". Peyton Waters, a, de- a defensive back, cornerback, safety, combo guy, 6'2". Um, Elias Johnson, 6'3". Um, Ratumana Bulabalavu, he's an edge guy, edge defensive line guy. 6'4", DeMarcus Davis, 6'4". I mean, Jason Robinson is the only one that's under uh, six feet tall. He's 5'10 and a half, but his game is going to be that quickness. He's a wide receiver out of of Long Beach Poly. Otherwise, everybody else is 6'2 or taller. No, it just looks like they've got a bunch of athletes that are just really good athletes that are really going to fill out. And it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more – I use this comparison. I won't give the name, but it was a basketball player that Washington recruited. It was a local kid and he went to another school for a couple of years. And when he came back, um, you know, he didn't do much. And they said, if we would have got him as a freshman and been able to mold him 
you know, established him in the culture, we would have had a player. But by the time we got him, he was a grown ass man, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of these schools are taking guys and a lot of these recruits are already filled out or closer to their ceiling where Washington's taking guys where their floor may be a little bit lower, but their ceiling is really high. Yeah. Yeah. Or or their, you know, their floor, their ceiling might not be quite as high as the rest, but their floor is very high. You know, some of these guys are boom or bust that are that are four and five star guys. They're they're boomer bust. They're guys who, hey, we see the potential in them. And and guys like Brandon Huffman, um, Brian Perino, those kind of guys that are that are rating these guys, Cooper Petania, you know, who are giving the rankings out to these kids. Um, they're saying, hey, we see the potential with this kid, but there's also and and his potential is very high. He's got NFL talent, but if he does if he doesn't have the heart to play or he doesn't have the the mind that can pick things up as quickly or anything like that. These guys could be complete busts down the road. And maybe Washington's getting guys who might not have that that elite NFL ceiling. They may they might be, you know, NFL players eventually, but they aren't those guys who could be a, you know, top 10 draft choice. But they're guys who eat, sleep, breathe football and they love it and they want to come in and play and and are ready to work and they have that chip on their shoulder and and i think that's that's how washington has always made um you know their program molded their program around guys like that from don james jim owens all those coaches forward washington is i mean they've gotten talented guys highly ranked guys but the guys who are the core of the team are the guys who've got the chip on their shoulder really coming ready to come in and work well what was it don james said in order to win a championship you have to have 10% 10% difference makers that people have to game plan that are the best on the field. You have to have 10% of that dark underbelly that you want to go to war with on the other extreme. And then you've got to have that 80% lunch bucket, uh, you know, a mentality in the middle that keeps the thing, the team going. The key is that 80% has to keep that top and bottom 10% from killing each other. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I also wanted to get your comments. Courtney Morgan out on Twitter, some uh, kind of addressing an Oregon fan. Uh, your, your reaction to that? Well, I, I honestly don't think he needs to engage with them, but, you know, it always is very entertaining. Um, and, I mean, honestly, when you engage with Oregon fans, you lower your IQ level by about 50 points. So, oh, and, God, and here Courtney, we go. Courtney Morgan is a very smart human being. And so, um, you know, it, what are they, what is it that they say, you know, um, even if you argue on the, you know, it doesn't matter how smart you are. If you argue on the internet, both of you are idiots, right? Well, basically, and, you know. well, basically he was getting, you know, they were getting shouted for their recruiting class, you know, with all the four and five stars Oregon was getting, Washington was getting all the three stars and Courtney just kind of chimed in and says, well, our three stars beat your, beat your five fives. Stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's kind of checkmate, but anyway. Oh, it was. I mean, it was a mic drop. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. And you know, Oregon fans are are who they are. You know, they 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 really prioritize recruiting over anything else. I, I think they even re- do it over development. They believe that guys are just going to come in ready to be NFL stars instead of letting their their having their coaches develop them any further. And a lot of these guys just stay the same guys they were coming out of high school. Ask Justin Flo. I mean, when yeah. they got that when they got Justin Flo. Everybody thought this is that is a difference maker for them. Well, Noah Sewell, who was also a five star guy, ended up being the better player. Justin Flo never really ended up doing anything at Oregon. You know, I mean, he wasn't a special player by any stretch of the imagination. Some was that some of that was he was injured. But other part of it was I think he had topped out. I just don't think he got any better. 
Well, some people say that about Savelle Smalls and Sam Heward, too. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I mean, Savelle Smalls I thought was overrated from the beginning, and uh, he never really ended up playing up to that five-star ability. Sam Heward could end up being that guy, but he never really got the chance to show it. And the one the one game he got to show was a team that basically had quit for the rest of the season because he got it, you know, it was in the Apple Cup of 2021. And so, you know, I, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, Sam Heward still has the ability to go out and prove that he's a five-star talent and can live up to that. But I went through it. Um, since, uh, I think it's 2010, maybe I think it was 2010. There's been seven, um, five-star guys just to come out of the state of Washington alone. And only one of them has really lived up to his five-star rating. And, um, you know, the, the guys who've really been huge producers are guys like Josh Garnett, uh, Buddha Baker, um, those kind of guys, and JT. they were four stars. Yeah, what? JT. JT Tuimo. Yeah, but JT is the one that that can live up. That still has the he and Mecca Egbuka are the two who could really still have a chance to live up to that five star ability. Yeah. The problem with Egbuka is he's got a, he's got you know a top five draft choice and Marvin Harrison ahead of him, and so it's hard to really put up the numbers. And and JT Tuimolau hasn't had a chance to start. He'll do that this year, so we'll see. But Foster Sorrell, he was injured much of the time. You know, Jakey, Jacob Eason, he looked like he could be a five-star when it was all said and done. And, um, you know, he started playing as a freshman at Georgia, looked like he was going to live up to the potential, doesn't, you know, gets injured and then comes up to Washington. And I don't think he was terrible at Washington, but he wasn't a five-star. Yeah, just real quick, Foster Sorrell's still in the NFL. He is. He's a backup at San Diego, right? Yeah. Also, yeah, just want to move along quickly, Scott. There's an announcement from a guy that Washington's recruited that Washington has been doing well with. But uh, who's announcing today and where's he going? Oh, well, his name is Kamar Mothudi, and he's out of Los Alamitos uh, down in Southern California. He's a linebacker, 6'2", 6'3", 225. Um, really good player. Washington was one of the first schools to offer him, and I had him as a Husky lean. I mean, if I had wanted to do a crystal ball, I would have done it. Uh, for Washington back in back in the spring but then a lot of schools started coming on for him and one school that really stood out for him was Oregon and it really came down to a battle between Oregon and Washington and I know that uh, Michigan State has kind of made a push for him as uh, lately as well but um, you know he loved his visit to the University of Washington took it the second to last weekend of June and then he took a visit to Oregon the last weekend of June and uh, but most people felt that Oregon was going to be he's been a heavy Oregon lean for quite a while. And it sounds like, you know, I, I've been telling people for a while I've heard nothing that makes me change my mind. I think he's going to Oregon. But the thing is, I think he's committing to Oregon is what I should say. He's committing to Oregon now. Do I think he necessarily ends up there? I think that's still open for debate. I, I think there's going to be a lot of things that happen between now and uh the you know in mid-December when he makes when he can sign with the school and I think Washington is still going to push for him I know that he has a great relationship with uh, William Inge and his mom and and he really loved the University of Washington when he would came up for his visit Um, but you know Oregon makes offers to these kids that it's really tough to turn down at at that age so um, we'll see 
you know, we'll see if he ends up signing. Even if he does, I think he's going to be a guy who could wind up being in a portal eventually, you know, because I don't know if he's choosing Oregon because it's it's a great fit for him or it's because of the NIL money. And I think I think it has more to do with the NIL money at this point. Scott, you know, I put this out on the board. A lot of people who follow recruiting, you know, you're putting out there, you're you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what's going on, along with Greg Big and Scott uh, and um, Brandon, Brandon Huffman. Huffman. Yeah, Blair. You, you know what's going on, and there's these people just running around the internet trying to get these little nuggets that don't exist and, you know, creating drama where it doesn't exist. If you want to follow recruiting, there's three people you need to follow. Four, actually Blair Angulo, Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, and Scott Eklund. If you follow just what these guys are saying, you're pretty much up right on the money with what's going on. We've been doing this a long time. We're pretty well connected. And trust us, we know what's going on. And speaking of trust us knowing what's going on, a lot of people asking about the two kids from O'Day, the local kids. And before you start, Scott, it just seems like not only in football but basketball, the trend uh, started a little bit before COVID, actually. Uh, the world has shrunk with TikTok and social media and we're seeing a lot more kids, not only in this state, but all over the country, wanting to leave that nest and go away from home. And I think we're seeing that uh, around here as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Braden Platt, you know, my I mean, if I was rating as he'd be number two on my list of um, prospects coming out of the state of Washington, the linebacker out of uh, Yelm, you know, really good player. Washington wanted him. And um, he just never really was that interested in Washington. And and so Washington basically stopped recruiting him. And I don't think, you know, I, I think if he wanted to go to the, if he, you know, called up William Inge, called up Kalen DeBoer and said, hey, guys, I, you know, I made a mistake. I really want to look at Washington. You know, I want to come up for a visit. Washington would more than welcome him uh, on a visit and and more than welcome him in the class if he wanted to commit to them. That being said, I don't think they're. Um, you know, that there's a gnashing of teeth and a stabbing themselves in the eyes because Braden Platt is, you know, is very likely going to Oregon or maybe one of the other schools that he's favoring. Um, I, I think Washington really likes the guys that they're in on, and I think they feel like they've got a good shot to flip maybe a couple guys that, you know, they have at that linebacker position. But, you know, as far as, you know, guys looking to go elsewhere, I, you know, that's always kind of been the case. But as the world has gotten smaller, and, you know, parents can watch kids on, you know, every game is televised for these football teams nowadays, especially the power five schools. And you talk about guys who can, you know, they can Skype and they can they can, uh, f you know, FaceTime with their family and all that different stuff that they end up doing. You know, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's as much of a detriment to go far away. Now, some of these southern kids coming up to Washington, it's a little bit different. But Washington kids are more than happy to leave this area. But more often than not, these Washington kids all want to come back. And and I think that's what could eventually happen. Now, you talk about Asendria Fua, the lineman from O'Day. You talk about Jason Brown, the running back from O'Day. I think Washington's in a good spot for both of those guys, at least you know, at this point in the recruiting process, those guys are not going to make decisions for a little while. They're going to go on visits. They want, you know, I, what Jason Brown only took one or two. And, and I think, uh, Sendria Fua, they call him Papa, by the way, Papa, um, you know, they, you know, he, he I think he, I didn't look as closely as I should have before the podcast came, but I think he's taken a couple official visits, but these guys are not going to decide until 
sometime in the fall, maybe even closer to signing day in mid-December. And so I think Washington, if they if they recruit these guys and if and if they really want them, I think they've got at least a decent shot at, at reeling those guys in. And that would be a nice little haul for Washington, two four-star guys and and guys with a lot of up, you know, at least Afula has a little bit more upside, I think, than Jason Brown does. Jason Brown, I think, is kind of maxed out as a player at this point, but um, he'd still be a solid college football running back. And and I, I think that Washington, if they want to get both of those guys, I think they have a good chance of getting both of them. Tell people what's up with the coaches right now. Uh, in the month of July, this is about the only time they really get to spend with family. And they're, they're sleeping. They're sleeping, <laughs> catching up on their sleep because they're going to they're going to work about 100 hours a week starting discovering uh, their children yeah, yeah yeah just like oh i didn't know you graduated high school but uh yeah the the uh you know a lot of these uh coaches don't get to spend a lot of time with their families these these spouses these kids now the kids didn't get the choice the spouses did but uh you know the the kids didn't really get the choice their dads are gone for a good portion of the of the year you know 6 months with if you include uh, August through February, when you know, because you have the off season, or I'm sorry, you have the you have the the season, and then you have the bowl game. Assuming you go to a bowl game, then you have January where they're out recruiting, they're out on the road doing in-home visits and all those kind of things, and then they wrap things up in early February, and then it's they get three weeks in February where they're on camp, where they're at home, and they can't really be out on the road, and they you know host junior days and things like that, but they're home. And then March starts and they're back out on the road doing some evaluations there. Um, you know, they can bring kids in for vi- for visits. They can do all these different things. And then, um, you know, then you get into spring ball in, in April. And then in May, they're out on the road doing evaluations. That's the heavy evaluation period. And then June is camp season. So July, the three or four weeks of July um, they, they make a dead period. There's a, there's a five day period where kids can visit schools, but Washington doesn't really take advantage of that. They give these coaches this, this basically the entire month of July off to visit their families, to take a trip, to, to do some different things, to just recharge because it's a long grind for the season. And so that's really what Washington's coaches are doing. They're still talking to kids. There's still kids that, you know, if, if they get a commitment from a kid, cause I think you're going to see someone pop here in a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think Washington, uh, you know, the coaches would take their call and the coaches recruit them. But for the most part, these coaches are resting, recharging and spending time with their families because of the long season ahead. We've got about five, six minutes left, Scott, but want to touch bases on the team as well as giving a basketball update. So uh, team wise, what's going on right now? Well, what's going on there? The, the quarterbacks are and receivers and DBs. They're all out throwing the, the running backs and, you know, they're running through different drills. Um, but these are all player led. These are not coach led. The coaches cannot have contact with the kids out on the on the field. They can, you know, have meetings with them and things like that. But for the most part, this is all player led. And then. um you know, from everything I've heard, the the players are really, really doing well together. Um, I, I think this new class of of incoming freshmen that that that's all together now. Um, you know, I mean, they they brought in some talented guys: Curly Reed, Leroy Bryant. You know, c- combine them with Caleb uh, Caleb Presley. That's three really good corner prospects that Washington brought in, and they really needed corners. And then, um, you know, defensive line wise, Elenius Davis was hurt during spring ball, even though he showed up, he was hurt. So now he's actually getting to go out there and run around and do different things uh, that he wasn't able to do before. You see just a lot of these guys 
that, um, you know, Austin Mack is finally here, the quarterback that reclassified to 2023 class. He was a 2024 guy, but reclassified to 2023. He's a guy who I think a lot of people were excited to see. So he's out there throwing with Dylan Morris and Michael Penix and Alex Johnson and uh, Cam- Camden Steigler and, and get some of these guys, you know, that it's it's exciting you know jeremy bernard is here obviously he's already here but rasheed williams is finally on campus uh so there's a lot of excitement for this this uh incoming class i know the coaches were pretty excited with the way some of these guys came in and ready to develop and ready to to kind of show what they can do jacob lane the the edge from puyallup so you know i mean just a lot of guys that the coaches are really excited to see they're looking forward to see them take some steps there's some guys who really need to take some steps this this uh fall camp because they're they're guys who are veterans they've been here for two or three years and they're they're in the danger of being passed up if they don't take some steps so some real interesting guys that we'll be talking about here over the next few weeks as we get ready for fall camp we'll also uh you know i just posted my quarterback uh preview article for fall camp and we talked about some of the guys uh that that are going to be battling for that backup job behind uh michael Penix. so and tomorrow uh chris fetters will be posting the running backs and then we'll have the wide receivers on friday so you know just a lot of stuff going on here on dogman.com and you guys will have it all right at your fingertips that you guys can read never ends does it no it doesn't it's just one thing into the other you know the coaches might get this month off but we don't <laughs> we we poor guys we poor reporters you know we we have to cover the team uh, you know year round and, and it's exciting it's actually exciting to have a team you know i've talked to many people 2016 we thought they were going to be a good team i don't think we thought they were going to be a college football playoff team but we thought they were going to be a pretty good team but other than other than the 1991 season because twenty uh, two thousand, the two thousand season when they went to the Rose Bowl and finished, what did they finish, third or fourth in the country, whatever that yeah. was, that one season. Um, it, you know, again, Washington fans thought they had a pretty good team, but I don't think they thought they were going to beat Miami and then and then go, you know, go and do what they did, win the Rose Bowl and all the different things they ended up doing. I don't know if the the fans actually thought that the nineteen ninety one season is the one when I think a lot of, from a hype standpoint. I don't think anything goes above what came in for 1991, but this is about as close as we've gotten because I think everybody thinks nationwide, this country, you know, the pundits nationally all think Washington could be pretty good. And I think Washington fans think they could be pretty good. Now the Husky coaches and players have to go out and prove. Hey, Scott, take a step back and you got two choices up on the wall, right? The work at Dogman and the other choice is uh, your wife and your three kids. And you're looking at those two choices. Which one's more difficult? Oh, wife and three kids. I mean, <laughs> so work is kind know, of like no a little question. So work is like a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it's a vacation because I got to work with you in fetters. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, I mean, look, I'm never going to complain about covering football. And getting paid to talk about football and 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 the team I grew up loving in the University of Washington, though, it's it's not a bad gig, but there's times when it's a grind for us. It absolutely is a grind. And you, you got to remember, we have taken a passion. That we had that was an escape for us. I mean, Kim, f- Husky football was an escape for you before you did this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you went to games, you partied, you you tailgated, you did all those different things. We don't get to do all those things anymore. Nope. We have to write about them. 
We have to watch the games. We have to get information. We ha- we're working during that time. I'm again. There are many people who would cha- trade places with me in a heartbeat. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's a job, guys, and it's a grind at times. We have a <laughs> lot of fun, but it is a grind. Hey, just quick basketball update. Um, you know, with Mike Hopkins, Will Conroy, and just company up there. What's going on? Um, Viking Jones uh, won't be returning. Jerry Hobby, who was the uh, basketball ops guy, he has moved into Viking Jones' position, and then they have brought in. It's not official yet because they have to go all HR and political stuff, but it uh, looks like uh, Hall of Fame coach Larry Brown is going to be slipping into that analyst, you know, director of football and basketball operations, and uh, lots of stuff going on with the basketball program. They've re- overhauled. Well, the roster last week, they got a commitment from the Rutgers point guard. His name is Paul Mulcahy. For those who don't know much about him, he's a six, seven point guard point forward. He's not a guy that's going to give you a ton of points, ton of rebounds. He's just going to fill the stat sheet for those who've been following Husky basketball for a long time. He kind of reminds me of Mike Anderson, the Juco kid that they brought in, would just do the things necessary to win. Uh, hearing a lot of good things about uh, him, hearing a lot of good things about the transfer in from Kentucky, Severe Wheeler. They just offered his little brother, Montana Wheeler, and uh, Severe Wheeler is a, I'd say he's kind of a, thicker, faster version of Isaiah Thomas. Not as dynamic of a scorer, but keep your eye on him. They brought in uh, a big, um, a big. he's about 6'11", uh, Wilhelm Bradenbach from Nebraska. So that gives them their third big. Frank Kepnong expected to return and be full strength after uh, tearing his ACL last year. Lots of lots of good stuff going on with the basketball program, and I expect this team to look different than anything we've seen under uh, Mike Hopkins. Larry Brown is installing a man defense, a transition offense, and expect them to play up-tempo and nowhere near as much zone as they did last year. So uh, keep an eye on the basketball team. Hopefully I can get up there within the next couple weeks and uh, get a look-see when they go live. Also, Jamal Crawford's Pro-Am is starting up this weekend, so we'll get a chance to go up there and see some of the guys as well. So keep your eye on basketball. Lots of good stuff going on. Kim, there's two other things, too, that I don't know if people have kept track of. I'm sure the basketball crazies have. But um, two former Huskies are signing huge contracts. Did you see that? Isaiah Stewart. um, $64 four years. Yeah. You know what his nickname is? What? Oh, it's Beef Stew. Yeah, Beef Stew. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, DeJounte Murray is looks like he's going to sign a veteran maximum extension of $120 million for four years. And then, so, yeah, and then Matisse Thibel signed about a week ago. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of Huskies doing some pretty good things and, and doing pretty well in the basketball in the basketball world right now. Yeah, and this is just proof, you know, with all these guys that you can go to Washington and get drafted. So, anyways. Yeah, well, yeah, coaches are going to find you wherever you go. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> that's what people need to realize. Yeah. Hey, Scott, anything else to wrap this up? No, no. I, I think we're going to do another one for the, maybe the weekend. Uh, we'll try and get a, another podcast up. But, uh, you know, just stay tuned to the site. Um, we got a lot a lot of things going on. I'm, I'm sure there'll be a, a promo going on sometime right around the start of the season. Right, Kim? We usually oh, do yeah. one of those, right? Yeah. So keep an eye out for that as well. Just keep it, keep an eye on dogman.com for all your recruiting stuff. Like I said, you know, no need to go elsewhere and look at all this other nonsense. Just, you know, ask Scott. He'll let you know what's going on. So, mm-hmm. and anyways. if I don't, and if I don't know off the top of my head, I've got people who do know that I can ask. So. It's kind of, I mean, we figured this out a long time ago, Scott. 
if you answer one question, it just leads to another. Well, when's mm-hmm. he visiting? Well, well, where's he going to go? Where are they going to go for dinner? What's on the menu? Mm-hmm. How is he going to get there? What's the route he's going to take? It never ends. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. And you know what? I, I'm happy to answer those questions. I'm not complaining that I have to answer the questions, but, um, you know, it's. It, You're doing a lot of not complaining, Scott. Yeah, I am. So are you. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. We'll be back a little bit later in the week. I'm Kim Grinnells along with Scott Eklund. Go dogs. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.